What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Booth, your go-to podcast for all things concerning events where we literally have you covered from A to E, which means it does not matter if you're an attendee, if you're a bride, if you're a coordinator, if you're a DJ, or everybody else when it comes to events, we literally have you covered. I'm your host, Marcus. If you haven't done so, do me a favor, hit me a follow or subscribe, depending on your podcast player, and stay up to date with all the episodes and all the content that we're creating and sending your way. Now, Right now, I'm noticing a lot of increasing announcements and, oh, you know, new, uh, weddings about to take place. And, of course, things are are beginning to open up and restrictions are starting to lighten up. And so, you know, events are beginning to regain momentum. And with that, there's that initial excitement of getting those bookings done and, you know, getting your event set it up and ready to go and get all your pieces in place and all of that and it's very exciting absolutely in fact i have the importance of timing the importance of putting your getting your team in place and getting it together and getting it locked in um for your event but for the beginning aspect of it there is that aftermath that still takes place right before the event and that is the possibility of the cancellation so today we're literally just going to dive in and talk about some tips and tricks and and contingencies when it comes to cancellations now again this one is literally for everyone involved with an event um maybe maybe not attendees unless you're doing rsvp and you know you're paying for the plate or something like that but everyone else like this is definitely something that everybody can kind of take to heart and take to mind because it doesn't matter if you are yourself the vendor or if you're the one that's putting on the event and you're working with solidifying your vendors just having these sort of contingencies put into place so that if a cancellation has to happen on either side all parties are still walking away whole all parties are walking away with a good working relationship or a good um, experience which is important because you may cancel now but it doesn't mean that you won't work, won't work together or you won't have the option to work together again in the future or work together in the future. If you cancel in bad taste, you definitely eliminate the option to work together or potentially work together in the future. So you never want to burn bridges. You never want to cut off relationships. So this is why cancellation is one of those things where you want to go ahead and, you know, weigh your options. I mean, first and foremost, before you even get to cancellations, you want to just see what are some contingencies for postponement. If you can postpone the event or if you have to postpone the event, whether we're dealing with weather conditions, whether we're do- dealing with, uh, you know, family things. Uh, again, we're still sort of in a sense of uncertainty. You know, things are loosening up. Restrictions are lightening. But there's always that option now that restrictions can intensify again and if restrictions intensify what is that going to mean you know how's that going to lock up i know a couple people right now that i've been working with where they're still very much on the fence they're like we're hoping to get married this year we had to we had to postpone our wedding from last year to this year so we're hoping that we can still get it done this year so there's still a little level of uncertainty so as long as there is uncertainty there still has to be maneuverable room either for postponement or for cancellation but as long as it's communicated ahead of time as long as there's contingencies in place that is what matters the most so 
first and foremost, try to explore just postponing. If postponement is an option, because I mean, if you look at it from, like, for example, because I know right now we're kind of in baseball season or we're in, uh, we're in, uh, like, softball season, games get postponed because of weather all the time. Sometimes, you know, a series is supposed to happen, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but Friday is just like pouring down rain and Saturday is kind of iffy. So Friday gets postponed, Saturday kind of on the fence. Okay, but it's going to be clear skies after three o'clock. So what they may end up doing is doing the game at five o'clock when they're supposed to do the game at 10 o'clock in the morning. So there's all these men you know, wiggle rooms and maneuvers, but the team is on board because the team knows that for this particular event, for this particular thing, there is the option, there is the possibility of postponement and how they may affect things. So they may have to move things around in their schedule. They may have to be on an all-call status, so to speak, to make sure that they're ready to go when it's time to go and fulfill their role, whether they're doing concession or whether they're doing announcing or whether they're doing stats or whatever the case may they may be doing. So if you're in your event, taking into consideration, if you're, you know, if you're doing an outdoor event, like a downdoor carnival, an outdoor festival, keep an eye on the weather, especially, you know, weather channel or, or any other weather app, at least seven days ahead of the event. So if you know that it's looking like, okay, on the event, now we're looking at you know, we're good because we're looking at, you know, a high of 80 degrees, you know, clear skies. Okay, we're cool. You know, five days beforehand, now we're looking at like 30% rain. Now you have some questions that you need to start asking yourselves and not only need to ask yourself, but now you need to start being in communication with all of your vendors to say, hey, this is what we may be looking like. This is what we may be doing or hey, rain or shine, this event is happening. So if it's rain or shine, this event is happening. We just may move indoors. There is, again, some some contingencies that need to be made now. For example, if you have a giant bounce house, a giant bounce house may not fit inside the indoor facility, inside the gym, maybe, of, you know, where your location may be at. You may do it at a school, um, and your, your school gym may have large enough of a size for the bounce house, or it may not. So you may need to nix the bounce house uh, because even the potential of the rain or say talk to that that vendor in particular tell all your other vendors rain or shine we're doing this thing because it pushed them to show we're just moving doors but tell your strictly outdoor vendor saying hey what are our options here you know we may need to postpone or we may need to cancel if we're you know because we're the events taking place regardless so if we cancel what can we do what is a what is the agreed upon time frame that is an acceptable cancellation period. There are, I mean, even hotels, you have like a 48-hour cancellation policy. Like you have to cancel two days before your booking or something like that, depending on, you know, your your uh, your booking of choice to be able to get your full refund. So what is the agreed upon cancellation window? Is it 24 hours? Is it 48 hours? Is it seven day notice? Is it 30 day notice? What is the agreed upon time for cancellation? So if you cancel the event or if you're looking at canceling the event, if you're thinking about canceling the event, what is the time frame or what is kind of like that window that you can reach out to your vendors to cancel your event 
and say, hey, we're unable to do this at this time. We're going to go ahead and cancel this event. And in that window, because you canceled in that allotted time frame, it's agreed upon and all parties know that you're getting your money back. You're getting your deposit back. If you went ahead and paid in full, you're getting that paid back to you because you did what was agreed upon. Vendors, you're not exempt. You're very, very, very much even more so in the position. And I, I know it's kind of unfair in a sense if the if the the venue cancels, if the event person cancels, then you know it's okay. But if you cancel, oh my goodness, all it's all bad. Because literally a cancellation is putting someone in a position where they carved out time in their schedule on a particular given day to do an event, hold an event, host an event, perform an event, take photos at an event, video an event, cook for an event, whatever. They're, they have made the time locked in for that person, which means that they have also probably most likely passed on other opportunities that they were inquired about for that day. So if the venue, the the event holder cancels the event, that leaves that vendor out of money, especially if this is their business, if this is their livelihood, it leaves them out of money for that day. They're not getting paid rightfully so for what they're not doing, but they're not earning anything in that 200, 500, 1,000, 1,500, $2,000 was, was going to go a long way, either A, for their business or B, for their expenses. So now they're out and now they need to replace that. But depending if you're, oh, if you're doing it like the last weekend of the month, you know, they still need to replace that income because they were banking on that event taking place. So again, that's a different podcast altogether. But if the vendor cancels on the event, on the event planner, the venue, the coordinator, then that too leaves the event planner in a lurch or the the venue in a lurch because they're expecting so-and-so to fulfill a certain role that is going to enhance their event, whether it be capturing the photos or whether it be providing the music, which provides the energy and provides the atmosphere, provides the lighting, which helps for the decorations, which helps for the ambiance. They're expecting all of that. So you remove any of the pieces away from the event that the coordinator planner, the event just person is expecting. Now you're doing the same thing. You're leaving them in a lurch and now they have to find a way to recruit. And then if it wasn't done properly or in the agreed upon manner, now they're dishing out double the money to get a replacement for what they've already paid for. So this is why cancellations are actually very, very important and having a agreed upon myriad of time communication contingencies are in place. But back to the vendors now. As I mentioned, you're definitely not exempt. When it comes to cancellations, it is imperative that instead of postponement, since you can't move the entire event, you at least have a plan B. So if you can't postpone, at least have a plan B. And a plan B is sending someone else in your place to fulfill said role. Now, granted, the person may not be happy about it at all. 
because they were expecting you because they understood what you bring to the table because they booked you because of your reputation. So they may not be happy with, you know, plan B. However, even in their unhappiness, plan B is still better than having to look for someone new altogether. So at least having that option like, hey, I'm not able to make it this time, but I'm sending so-and-so. And then how you communicate it makes all the difference in the world too. I'm sending so-and-so, but so-and-so works with me on, they work with me on several other events. I depend on them or rely on them on events that I'm unable to take if I'm on vacation or something like that. They're the ones I trust the most. So you better send somebody that you can actually back these kind of statements up behind and not just, oh, hey, dude, what you doing? You want an event? Here's a booking here. And it's like they're 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 not coming with the same level of care or professionalism to that event because now you're diminishing not just the event itself, but also diminishing your reputation and your brand as well. So sending someone who can back up what you're wanting to have fulfilled is imperative. But if by some extreme means, and by extreme I do mean emergency, not, oh, you know what, I just don't like this person and I just really don't want to do it, I'm going to go ahead and call them and cancel. Because let's be real, some people do that. Oh, and call it an, call it an emergency. I'm talking legitimate emergencies here, like legit emergencies that will prohibit you from actually being able to fulfill your role in said event. And that could be, you know, a head head in advance. It could be at the last minute. Now, this is where that window of communicative time frame is very important because if you as the vendor... If you cancel within that agreed upon 30 days, 7 days, 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever you agreed upon was reasonable, then you got to make sure at the same time that you're getting the customer their money back. So even if they have to immediately dish out to refund, uh, if they have to immediately dish out funds for a brand new person, you have to at least still be letting them know that it's only a temporary loss because you are still getting them their money back. You're still getting them their deposit of that 20, 30, 40, 50% back because now they're paying 100% for somebody else to do it right now. So they're out 150%. So you have to let them know and give them that assurance that, you know, I'm canceling this. I'm canceling because I have an emergency. I'm so sorry about that. I'm going to get your money back. Um, in x amount of time so this is the other part of the agreement that has to be communicated not just the cancellation window but the agreed upon the uh the agreed upon time frame or the communicated time frame for that refund to take place because i mean if we're talking it's going to take two to three business days to get it back to you seven to 10 business days to get it back to you, whatever it takes. I know it takes time sometimes for funds to move, but you need to make sure that it's communicated to the customer, to the person who's actually putting on the event that you're getting them their money back. And this is the time frame that they can expect to have their money back because you are canceling on your end of things, which is why, again, if by all means do the, do the the right thing or the best thing and try to send somebody in your stead. 
Because if you send somebody in your stead, the deposit is not going to waste. You may be out money as the vend- as the vendor because hopefully, you know, you're conducting yourself in a way saying, hey, you're sending somebody in your stead and they're getting paid for it. Now, if it's like you run an entire company and you have people that you contract out, then they're operating within your contract agreements on how you run your business. That's on you. But if you don't and you're kind of like an independent person, like, hey, you're just, you know, you're DJing by yourself or you're, you know, you're just an independent person who takes photography, but you have some photographer friends, hopefully that, you know, you're, you will do the right thing or do the best thing and say, hey, you know what? I already got the deposit collected for it. You're working the the event. Whatever you get paid, whatever tip you get given, if you get a tip, you know, that's all yours. That is all 100% you. And just, you know, call it call it good. But if you have to absolutely cancel, this is why you need to make sure it's communicated ahead of time that there's that expectation level of you have until X window to cancel. Now for a venue or person putting on the event, it's definitely understandable more in that 24, 48 hours time frame to cancel because especially if a vendor is very popular, they can replace that. They can replace that event real quick. In fact, they probably have already gotten multiple inquiries for that same day. So they still have a good time to bounce back. But for the event, the person putting on the event, it's a little bit harder to try to replace your photographer, your your caterer, your your DJ, your band, your videographer, your um, AV tech. It's a little bit harder to replace, you know, the people that you're you're trying to hire to utilize and work this event. Your bartenders. It's a little bit harder to try to find somebody on short notice who is not already booked. To come and work your event. So for the vendors. If you can. You know again. Cancel as far out in advance as possible. 7 days. 14 days. Whatever. As long as soon as you know. You have a conflict. Let the let the person know. So you can go ahead. And either A. Send somebody else in your stead. And make sure that's agreed upon. That's okay with them. Or B. They're like you know what. We hired you. We wanted to work with you. But since you cannot do it. We'll have to find someone. We'll have to find somebody else. At least they have the option. So there will be that level of respect. Even if they are unhappy at the moment. They will at least be appreciative. That they had the option. Because some people. Even in their disappointment. As long as they have an option. It's a sal- it's a salvageable relationship. It's a, a salvageable experience. So cancellations are very important to make sure that it's at least spoken about and there's agreements in place ahead of time before the event so that no one's left in a lurch, no one's left hanging, and no one's left with a bad taste in their mouth as far as the event. Because even if it's a one-off event, you may be doing this event one time, but you may think to yourself, hey, but you know what? You know, my cousin has a birthday party or, you know, my my so-and-so has a baby shower or so-and-so has a, you know, whatever, a gender revealed or whatever so this may be your only event that you're doing in this capacity but it may not be the only event that you're going to do so still having those relationships are important because hey you know what they did this for me here 
let me reach out to them to see if they will work for this one and do this one as well. If this fits in the warehouse, if they'll take for, they did amazing photography for my wedding. I wonder if they'll do amazing photography for my friend's baby shower. These are all, or, you know, or my kid's graduation <laughs> or, you know, uh, my, my, my spouse's headshots or, you know, for their business or whatever having those relationships long-term and keeping them intact is a very good thing. It's a very imperative thing. And so cancellations are one of those areas where it can really burn a bridge and burn it really quickly. And it can be burnt from both sides. So if you have to cancel the event and you're hosting the event, you know, try to postpone. If you can't postpone, then cancel. And if you have to cancel, make sure that, you know, it's communicated in enough time that you know also that if you cancel in, you know, with after that time that was communicated, if you cancel like the day before, but you guys had an agreement that cancellation has to be done seven days, you have to understand that you're not getting your deposit back. Now, if that vendor is extremely generous and they are still willing to re- return to your your de- deposit. That's fine. However, it is not mandatory for them to return your deposit because you did not cancel within the agreed upon allotted window. And so you can't have a fit. I mean, you can have a fit, but you also have to understand that there's a very strong likelihood that you may not get your deposit back. And even if you're like, you know what, but I paid 100% in full, again, if you cancel 100 outside that window, it has to be known and agreed upon that if you cancel, even if you paid 100% of everything, you may not get the deposit back. So if the deposit was like 30%, you still should be receiving 70% because you pay for the deposit, which means you paid for your vendor to block out that time block out that day they're going in good faith saying that they are going to be compensated for their services on this day they are now not being compensated for their services on that day because they're not working that day since they're not working that day then they're not getting paid for that day i mean you don't work you don't need i understand and i get it it's 100 percent. i agree with that but they were still they were turning down events in good faith because they were knowing that they're working with you on this particular day. So yeah, the de- the deposit should not be refunded. But if you paid 100%, yes, the deposit should be refunded. Absolutely. So if you, you know, if you agree to, to do a 20% deposit and then 80% on the day of, 40% deposit, 60% the day of, 50% deposit, 50, whatever, that whatever that deposit is, you have to understand or at least be willing to part with that deposit knowing that, you know, it needs to stay in the hands of the vendor because you're the one that's canceling outside of that time frame and vice versa. Vendors, if you're canceling, you know, before the, a lot of time frame window, you got to understand that, again, you're canceling and you don't have a plan B. You need to get that deposit back to the customer. If you're, especially if you're canceling last minute, you're reneging. You need to get that you need to get that deposit back to the customer ASAP. So that's pretty much really the crux of when it comes to cancellations, what kind of needs to be done, what needs to be communicated, you need to communicate the 
appropriate and acceptable cancellation period for both the vendor and the person hosting the event or the person hiring the vendor. You need to agree upon, you know, the windows for contingencies for if you need to postpone, um, if you need to send somebody else in your place, and how long it's going to take for that deposit to be refunded, etc. So these are all very, very important. I hope this helps. I kind of hope this kind of gives you some ideas of some things to address um, or add into your agreements or add into your contracts or bring up in your meeting when you sit down and meet at the table or Zoom or FaceTime or whatever to talk, to go over terms and go over just, again, the contract agreement or the expectations for both parties. So I hope this helps. If you haven't already done so, please hit me up hit that subscribe button or follow depending on which podcast player you're using and stay up to date with all the content that we're sending your direction and please please share this this content with you know three four five seven twelve people because i know everybody's having events starting to you know come up whether it be weddings baby showers etc so it doesn't matter how big or how small the event i hope i'm giving information that is uh helpful that has value that gives ideas that sparks creativity that sparks you know that ah moment for just hopefully giving you some ideas for things that need to be addressed when you're looking at having somebody do it even if that person is your cousin doing it so i hope this helps hope you guys have a great one i'll catch you all on the next episode peace